Welcome to A Healthier You, Little by Little. This podcast gives you insights and features various aspects of health, from sleep and stress to immunity, exercise, home workouts, energy, and performance. Here is your host of A Healthier You, Little by Little, Cindy Little. All right, I want to welcome everybody back to A Healthier You, Little by Little. Today, I have a very special guest, Dr. Maureen Gibbons, and our title today is Happy First. And the reason why we, we are calling it Happy First is because she wrote a book on being happy first. Now, I can't think of any better guest to have to talk about this because she's not only a mother, a author, a best-selling author, a speaker, a coach, and CEO of Standing Smiling. She's an emergency doctor, and she also is married to an emergency doctor, and she has an eight-year-old son. And she is also a sports nutritionist and a triathlon coach. And I mean, she's got so many accolades behind her. I don't even really know how to introduce her properly because she's just one of those women who seems to have it all together, but she's going to share some of the tips of how she keeps it all together, all the balls in the air. Please welcome Maureen to the show. Thank you so much for having me today. Excellent. Well, what, where do we start with you, Maureen? Like, I mean, you're a nutritionist, a physician, a mother, and you wrote a book as well. Like, how do you keep it all together? <laughs> uh, probably the biggest secret uh, is I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and I read your book. It, it's an awesome book, by the way. Happy first. I really like the message that you have for people because really in today's society, we really do need to focus on being happy. Can you just go into a little bit about your book and why you wrote it? Yeah, I would love to um, about. Uh, so let me go through the actual little, little premise of the book. The biggest point I'd like people to get from the book is that, you know, we are at base at our baseline happy. You know, we are made happy. We are born happy. Uh, sometimes we do some things that get in the way of that happiness. But it's more of reclaiming a happiness that's already there instead of treating you like you're broken. And that's a, a kind of a different approach that I um, that I really have taken to heart over the last 12 years or so. Um, I was pretty <laughs> broken, for lack of a better word, then. Um, I was at a, a pretty big low. My, my career was just starting out as a physician about 12 or 13 years ago now. And I was, um, I was certainly depressed, uh, but more overwhelmed. I was very self-critical. I, I couldn't, couldn't find my way out of my own thoughts. And I started listening to a man named Michael Neal. And he introduced me to some concepts that really just, I think they, they really took hold over the years. And when I, when I talk to people about this, a lot of times it's more of a, well, somehow this happened. It's not really somehow. It was, it was pretty structured if I look back on it. And I kind of took all that information and I, I really wanted to get it out there for people that don't want to take 10 years to get better. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's key because, uh, I mean, who who wants to spend 10 years when you can maybe just read it in a day like I did? <laughs> <laughs> Your book was an easy yeah. read. Like it was, it was fascinating enough to not put down. And I know that you talked about sleep, relaxation, nutrition, activity, relationships, job dilemma. Tell us about the job dilemma um, aspect of your book. 
That's an interesting one. That's actually what my, that, that chapter in a nutshell is what Stan Smiling is really based off of. Um, because the job dilemma, you know, we always think that, oh, fine, I'll be happy when I get a different job. Uh, or, you know, this job's killing me. I'm, I'm so burned out. You know, you know, just and, and that's, of course, socially acceptable to say those things. So it's really easy to fall into that. But I challenge people to take a different perspective. And I'm not saying jobs aren't bad. And I, I've been in some awful jobs. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, if you if you come from it from a different place where your internal work is done, then you can make the decision of, hmm, what do I need in a job? What do I need in an occupation? Maybe I need a different career. Maybe I need the same career. Maybe I need to approach it differently. You know, it's more like kind of, again, stripping off all the, the outside stuff, you know, it, you know, like, well, I'm working too many hours. Okay. That's quite possible. But say, for example, your family um, requires a certain amount of income, then it's not too many hours, right? If you're supporting the family, then that priority matters. And that, you know, it just changes. So instead of I'm working all these hours and I'm super tired, even seeing it from a, wow, I'm doing this in service to my family. And even just that shift, you're like, oh, okay, let me do this for a while. Let me take a look and see if I can do some other things or change some things, but really just changing, doing the internal work. Because the unfortunate thing is if you've got a really crappy job, for example, or a really awful career that you can't stand, and you run from that career or from that job to the new one, the new shiny one, uh, you're still bringing your brain with it, you know, with you. So you, you just, you, you're going to apply the same crap, <laughs> the, same, <laughs> the same layer of the same layer of dirty, you know, and, uh, and, you know, a year ago when I started to write this book, a uh, little over a year, about a year and a half. I, my, my boss had come to me and said, you know, I think, I think we need to cut back on the number of shifts you do in a row. And I was like, dude, this isn't, this isn't work related. The stress is internal. And it, actually at the time I still thought it was external. I was, I thought it was relationship based. And I said, well, you know, all I can do is my side of the street. And I looked and I thought, Ooh, my side of the street is filthy. So I said, all right, let's clean some stuff up. Let's see what we can do. And then I stumbled across this self-publishing school. And, you know, they kind of teach you how to go from point A to point B quickly. And I wanted to write a book for 25 years, 24 years or so. And uh, I got it on paper and done in nine months, 10 months. Wow. Well, that that's uh, pretty amazing because I know I've been trying to write a book for eight years. <laughs> Or more. So I'll take a, a note from you, Maureen, for this one for sure. Now, I know you have a chapter about kindness and relationships. Uh, talk a little bit about that. I mean, really, that is the core, isn't it? Like being kind to other people, you get what you, you know, put back or what's that called karma? Um, how, how would you summarize being kind and being and how that relates to being happy? You know, I think the most important change for me is I always wanted to be right. I was, you know, as an athletic trainer, I was a doctor. I like to diagnose. I like to give you the answer. I like to help people. I like to tell you this is the right thing to do. And over the past few years, um, sometimes it's just better to be kind. And the, the shocking news to me was that a lot of times there is no right answer. So if there is no right answer, 
then, and I can't be right. It's just, feels a whole lot better to just be kind. <laughs> that just makes you know, so just much to understand sense. that, you know what, you, you don't need to argue. Right. Right. I mean, it's just so, it seems like common sense, Maureen, but I'm sure as a busy emergency doctor, like you are, and a mom and a wife and an author and a trainer, I mean, you've got a lot of balls in the air. That would be a simple practice is just be kind, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just kind of just step out of your normal story. You know, if, if something you're, you're like, you're in a discussion with somebody, for example, and you're thinking, gosh, this person is just not, just not thinking correctly. You know, I, I actually taught myself and now I teach others to make up stories. Uh, sometimes I make them very outlandish if people are really stuck in their brain, you know, I'll, I'll make up, you know, I'm a big Marvel fan. So, you know, I'm like, well, you know, what if this boss who's on your case, what if he's just a scroll he's really not you know he's really this alien impersonator so he's really not your boss he's really just yanking your chain you know people will start laughing because it breaks that that cycle because we get stuck in our stories where we know the truth mm. and we and we don't really we don't know what the other person's going through we don't know what they've been through nobody knows what another person's been through and it's been you know a big journey for me is learning to meet people where they are mm-hmm. and help them travel from where they are to a better version of themselves. I no longer think I'm, I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, and you also talk uh, in the nutrition chapter, you, you don't give specific advice because, and I like this about you is that everybody is different and what might be good for somebody may not be good for the next person. So I know that you alluded to having difficulties with eating when you were younger. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? I started uh, essentially using food for comfort at about age six. Um, so if I, you know, I jokingly say, yeah, food is my food is my drug of choice and I'm a binge eater by trade. Um, and I, I joke now because I, I, I don't do it anymore, but I did it for literally decades. You know, I would always fall back into this food as a, as a crutch or as an avoidance or, you know, that's, and, and granted, I'm grateful to have such a, a rather benign in the immediate consequence category drug of choice. So I'm grateful for that. But over time, you know, you see it as well as I do, food can't be that. It's not designed to be that. Sure, it's designed to be enjoyable. But I used to, when I did nutrition consulting, and I, I've, I've worked with a sports medicine physician group. I used to think I knew exactly how to tell people to eat (laughs) again, yet again, we're coming back to this right versus kind bit. And, you know, I used to think I I knew the answers and over time I've, and now I've, I've employed coaches and I have mentors again, people that were farther along this journey than I am have taught me the way to do things that fit in with my life and with my past. So I have to be, pretty cognizant because I know that if my brain gets too messy, food's going to be my first grab. So I have to work to kind of avoid those things. Now, how, how, how do you work towards not doing that? Like grabbing food when you're stressed? I mean, a lot of people do that, right? 
and it's socially acceptable, right? Right. You know, you have a breakup, you go for the Ben and Jerry's, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, you know, or the glass of wine at the end of the day, or, you know, it's okay. Oh, I had a hard day at work. Let's go home and have a glass of wine, you know, and that that's okay. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You know, I, I you know, and well, it might be a bad thing for some people, but, um, but over time, you know, things become crutches rather than tools. And one of the things that has been honestly extremely difficult for me is to create the space between stimulus and response. You know, Viktor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, was huge on that. I mean, shoot, he was in a concentration camp. If he can do it, I figure I can do it with a bag of Doritos. So, you know, creating that space of, holy cow, I am so overwhelmed which is fake, right? Like my brain's making it up. That's, that's the whole premise of my book. I'm not overwhelmed. I can obviously handle it. I'm sitting here chatting. I'm, I'm good. There's nothing critical in my life. Even if there is in that moment, I am okay. So if I can create that, that open space between stimulus and response, that allows me to do something different. And instead of reach for my impulsive drug of choice, Um, I just, I do something different, like whether it's walk out of the kitchen, walk out of the house, you know, just, and that's the, the, I think it's chapter 23 in the book, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they're called state changers. That's the moment where you use the state changer. You stand up, you, you know, you, you smell a flower, you do something that engages another sense from the one that's trapping you, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. Mm, That's a good, uh, good tip for people. And if you were to also give another tip to somebody who is overwhelmed, I know that you, you do you have a course on burnout? Yes, yes. I, that's actually the, the stand smiling is a course for, for doctors and nurses currently uh, with, with plans to expand into really all areas, because I don't believe it's just work burnout. It's life, you know, it's, it's the whole package. Um, so that's what, what I do is take people from overwhelm to peace you know, surviving to thriving. Mm-hmm. Well, you sound like a good person to be able to do that. Now um, you say how to win life in the moment at home, at work, at the gym, and even in the kitchen. So tell me a little bit more about that summary of your book. You know, I think there's every, every good life um, with my air quotes there. Uh, every good life, every, every satisfying day has certain components in it. I think, you know, it's good rest, adequate sleep, you know, doesn't have to be 12 hours, like a professional triathlete. I love watching them because we have a lot of them stay with us. Uh, they, they sleep a lot. They're religious about it, but adequate sleep, supportive rest, um, you know, at work, you know, creating the best work environment within the situation you're in. Um, at the gym, you know, I say at the gym, I, I don't, you know, at the gym at home, it's all about activity and strength and building, you know, flexibility and movement. Um, there's a couple of chapters in there on both activity and exercise, because they're not the same thing. Um, they could be, you know, of course, but, and then, you know, in the kitchen, because I think they're all components. I don't think you know, people say, Oh, if I could just get my diet under control, my life would be perfect. Mm, probably not. <laughs> right. You know, or if I could just get, you know, if I could just get my fitness better, you know, everything would be great. Uh, probably. Not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's the relationships at home. It's the activity. It's, it's really a whole, um, Tony Robbins has a, a wheel where he, it's like a pie and he has you rate 
where everything is on a scale of 10. And when you look at it, it's like, which one of those is, is slacking? Sure. But as you work over time, you're going to find out it's all like a seven, you know, or all a six. You're like, oh, crap. I got to do a little work in all these. And what my book is designed to do is pretty much say, you know what? It's not overwhelming. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's just steps. You know, we just, when one thing gets better, it pulls up all of those other things. And like you said, I think kindness is probably the best place to start because when you're not super self-critical, change happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I just did a live video on my health to wealth Facebook page the other day and I was golfing at the time and I was talking about how the day before I birdied a, um, a hole, which means one under par, which is a really good thing for a golfer. And I almost eagled it, meaning two below par. I was like a half an inch away. And, and I was like super excited because I have never gotten an eagle or even birdie on, on that, on that course yet. And, uh, and then the day after I, I bombed the, I bombed it. Like I didn't get like, uh, like I, I think I doubled the par on it and I, I used the word gentle and the gentle meaning being gentle to yourself in your thoughts on how you did. Like I actually had a better golfing day, even though my score wasn't better than the day before. And for me, it doesn't really matter about the score. It's about enjoying the moment and being happy first. Like I don't give a rat's ass really if, if I, how bad I do at golf, I'm out there. I've got the sun. I've got the birds. I've got the green grass. I'm with my husband. I'm enjoying the moment. And that's why I think I resonate so much with you, Maureen, because you really, I, the message of your book, Happy First, really is an amazing message, being gentle, being kind, um, you know, getting the sleep, the relaxation, that's something that, you know, I have different um, podcasts on sleep, different ones on alcohol, on nutrition, how much protein you should have and carbs, like I break it down, but your book keeps it fairly simple for the reader. And like I said, it's a it's a really good read, an easy read. And I love the messaging. I even like, I noticed today on Facebook, you have a word of the day and, and you have a meaning behind it. And I like how you do that. Cause I do that on live video, same, same idea. What is the word of today? And so I, I really like the messaging that you have. I think that you've got things squared away pretty good, Maureen. And I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your wisdom. Is there maybe one last thing that you could, you know, pass on to people that you think would be like, okay, this is the reason why I listen today. What's the one nugget that maybe has made you successful in all of the things that you're accomplishing? And I think for other people, I don't want people to take my journey because my journey was a bit lengthy. So the, the one thing that I really would like people to take away is happy is easier than you think. Because I think once that idea is planted, people think maybe I can. And once they have a possibility, then they can have a reality. Mm, I love that. I actually have possibility tattooed on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, you, also, you also use the word certainty uh, in, in one of your Facebook posts. And I, my team name is Team Certainty. <laughs> so I'm telling you, I think that our Kindred spirits for sure. Yeah. Well, I live on a street called Kindred. <laughs> okay. Is this weird or what, Maureen? 
Well, um, you know, we, we, I know that when we had our first conversation, we, we had so much in common. We, we resonated, I think with each other. And like I said, I, I enjoyed your book immensely and I'm really looking forward to people listening to this podcast and hopefully taking away something that you don't have to be perfect. Don't wait to be perfect. Be happy now. Be happy first. I, I really enjoy that message. So thank you so much for coming here today, Maureen. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to A Healthier You, Little by Little. Do you have a question about something you heard today? An idea for a topic, perhaps? Or would you like to reach out to Cindy? Send her an email, coachcindylittle at gmail.com. Or visit her website at healthtowealth.ca. That's health2wealth.ca. Or you can find Cindy on LinkedIn or Facebook as Cindy Little. Once again, thanks for listening.